What's happening, people? Welcome back to Mustard MMA, your fortnightly show that recaptures and looks forward to all the latest goings on in the world of MMA. Big USC focus. We've got a big pay-per-view coming up in the USC this weekend. But we've had plenty going on. We've had Triller, Matthew, we were just mentioning it there. Evander Holyfield making his Triller debut. Uh, we had Yoel Romero making his Bellator debut as well, actually, didn't we, uh, last weekend? So plenty going on. But anyway, my name is Joe. As our regular listeners will know, I'm joined by Matthew as well. He's he's got his Luigi mascot with him this week. That he's, his winnings from from his trip away. Yeah, I got this back in a couple of months ago. Now it's a couple of months old. Luigi Benjamini. Here he is. <laughs> we need to start doing videos, I think, because otherwise people are listening to this thinking ain't got a clue. What what are you on about? What are you talking about? Get on with it, son. But I'm all right. I'm good, mate. Um, I'm a bit. I'm I've had a heavy weekend. I've had a heavy weekend. I've got a green smoothie here to get me through it. Today was a struggle. I start work at 8 o'clock. I got up at 8.03. Whacked the laptop nice, on. Nice. And eased into the week from there on in. So what happened? I was out on Friday. Had a few beers. It wasn't too bad. And then you chill on Saturday. But I was out again. I got in at uh, half three, Joe, on oh, Saturday night. And that's, at your age? That's a late one for a 34-year-old man who's who's already hung over. And not only that, when you get in, you you look forward to it. You think, oh, it's half three, Saturday night, this fight's on. You look forward to a little bit of a stuff your face with some Doritos and watch some fights, pissed sort of vibe. But they'd finished. They'd already finished. That's how late I got in. <coughs> so, yeah, not very good. And wrapped up nicely with a, a heavy home defeat down at Spurs yesterday. So Yeah, it went well. Yeah, it went well. Best thing I saw in the concourse was uh, Mark Noble. Fuck his penalty up, which was which was quite entertaining. But the, the day went slowly downhill from there. So I'm sure you were there, were you? No, I wasn't. I was at a, a two-year-old's birthday party, but uh, I snuck off into the other room. They had West Ham on, so I actually, I actually saw most of it, which was a, a shame at the end, obviously. But ah, uh, Moisey just clearly didn't watch the final in the summer, did he? I didn't like it. I, w- I wasn't comfortable at all when that happened. When he when he when he brought him on, I thought. Not sure about this, David. Hey, he balls it up, didn't he, son? He balls it up. But um, we're not here to talk about football, Joseph, are we? Or Luigi. We're here to talk about some fights. So I don't know where you want to crack into here. Like you say, we've got plenty of going on, news and all that. Triller, if you want to dive in at any point, just just throw it out there. I'm always game for a bit of Triller. As you said it earlier, they are a shambles. So there's plenty <laughs> to talk about there. And obviously, we've got a massive card this weekend, packed top to bottom. So... Take your poison. Take your poison. Pick your poison. Don't take your poison. Well, I'm going to start with one that I think is close to your heart. It's your man, Carlos Condit. I know one of your all-time fives in the USC. He's officially retired. Probably probably a good time. I mean, to be fair to the lad, he's a lot older than me, but uh, there was a time there where you thought, hmm, it might be best if you do pack it in, but then I think the USC kind of put him in some good fights and... Had some decent moments, I would say, towards the end. But I'll probably let you lead with this one because he certainly had a stellar career. I always, I always do like the story that Bisbing uh, told and does tell about when they went over to see the troops and uh, Condit got in there in the ring with one of them to have a little sparring session. And he said, look, just dip me however hard you want me to at your back sort of thing. So the bloke, I think he, uh, I think he threw, a, threw a punch and rocked him. And Condit was like, all right, then, fair play, and went out and knocked him out with like a head kick, I think it was. So, yeah. That's what you got to do, isn't you? you got to respect that. <laughs> yeah. Don't get don't get in there in the first place would probably be my 
Natural born killer. There. With the natural born killer, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's going to give their name like that, they're obviously a little bit, you know. A bit naughty. Push them the wrong way too far, they might give you a bit of a sparking. But Joseph, yeah, I think he retired not long ago anyway. So obviously his foot was out of the door, but obviously got the itch. And like you say, I think he actually finished on a win, if I'm if I'm correct there. I don't know. He fought Diego Sanchez, didn't he? That might not have been his last one, but didn't they set that one up? I can't remember. I, th- I vaguely remember him getting a win on Fight Island or something. Um, who knows? But with regards to his career, he's been absolutely class. He had that, obviously got that win over Nick Diaz, who we'll be we talking about a bit later on. He had an absolute barn burner, a war with Robbie Lawler for the title, which arguably he won. And obviously he's had fights against George St. Pierre. He's had, I think he was a title holder in WEC. So what a fantastic career. He'd been in so many wars. Absolute legend, always brings it, and I'm quite a bit glad to see him retire because he's one of those you see him go a bit too long and then see him get sparked. It's not nice to see. So yeah, he's kind of going out on his own terms here. If he has, as we say, gone out on a win, but what a, what a fantastic career. Shame you never got the big one, Joseph, the undisputed one. Did hold the interim belt, but yeah, just a fantastic career, and hopefully one day we'll see him in the Hall of Fame. Just yeah. a violent man, that's... very very violent man. So that's all we want to see, isn't it? It was Matt Brown that he beat in more recent times. Not ah, one of those there you that, go. that trio of, of lads that were hanging on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, looking at his record, you, you get the impression he kind of peaked after uh, after the Diaz, the Nick Diaz win. In a lot of ways, there's a, is after that he only won four more fights, which is a, a shame, really. But up until three fights ago, he lost his last one and won the previous two. Colt McGee, Matt Brown, but before that. Up to the end of 2018, he was fighting Michael Chiesa, Alex Oliveira, Neil Magny, Damian Meyer, Robbie Lawler. So all of those were losses, but certainly certainly very good names, weren't they? So shout out to Carlos Condit, a bit of a, a legend of the sport. Probably will make it into the Hall of Fame in that welterweight division. I don't know, they do it separately, don't they? Division, Hall of Fame, all-time Hall of Fame. So we'll see. Oh, they got they got a few wings going on there. They have. Yeah, they got they got they got the fight. I think they've got just a general one, and I think they have like an old school one and a new school one, some, something like that in it. Don't they really have like all the old lads, and then like a new school lad, possibly or something. Possibly. I mean, they might have a slightly different name these wings, but something along those lines. But he's certainly got a place in there. I think he started like kickboxing at fifteen or something like professional. So he's got a shit ton of kickboxing fights as well so he's certainly been through the ring and that boy just needs to have a little chill out have a little sit down cup of tea and uh, work on something else so we'll stick with the welterweight division then because there's a there's a few a few bits going on i mean we mentioned nick diaz there should we should we have a look we've got the usc 266 coming up this weekend uh depends when you're listening to this obviously it might, might have already happened but who knows sticking in the welterweight division the return of nick diaz who uh, I don't know if he had any more fights really after that Condit fight in 2012, did he? I he must have uh, had that one Anderson one, yeah. the classic. Everyone goes on about, but yeah, that's that's mental. That was time ago, was so long ago, <laughs> so long ago. But he is back after teasing us for for so long. He is back against Robbie Lawler in the weight division. I, I guess you know Lawler probably go down. Even more so if we're talking Hall of Fames above Condit. Condit maybe sneaks in there above Nick Diaz out of these three. Well, depends. You're looking at accolades. Lawler is obviously champion, defending yeah. champion. Been in and out of the uh, 
the company and back again. So he's got a good story. Been around for years. I think you, you put Laura top of that trio of lads. Nick Diaz is one of those more the personality and he don't really need to win a belt, but did win the strike force belt. So he's still got a lot going on there. Obviously yeah. in the back in prior days as well. Probably throwing Nick second and then Condit probably third, but still a stellar top three there. It is, it is to be fair. It's, it's three names that I was going to say that are kind of going out of the sport. Nick Diaz has only just come back, but I, I can't imagine he'll be around for, for too long, no matter how, how well it goes. But, you know, we before we mentioned, actually, we went on to the uh, Norton underscore MMA podcast slash YouTube channel during the week, and we actually broke this one down, had a quick look at it as well. So check that out if you can on Instagram, Norton underscore MMA. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think overall we're not, uh, are we, are we, have we got any clue who's going to win? Are we that fast? It's just quite exciting. It's like a, it's quite an excited package all round, really. I, I quite like. I, I love the fight, to be honest. I think they're very clever in the way they've gone about. It. They haven't released too much of Nick Diaz, so whether that means he does look a bit ropey, a little <laughs> rough around the edges, Could or be. if he even if he looks great, the fact that they people are asking a question are going to pay money to see just what he looks like anyway so maybe it's like that little bit of mystery is luring yeah, yeah. some extra few fans and viewers coming into the by that pay-per-view so maybe that is a reason for we haven't seen too much of him or it just nick diaz probably doesn't let cameras knock about him too much as well he's quite a mysterious figure keeps himself to himself but the fight is talking just rambling there but yeah <laughs> the fight itself mate i don't no idea what's going to happen robbie lord obviously we've seen much more of you could look back at some of his last fights where he's just not look great or not at the races. You said it on that Norton podcast that he doesn't have a lot left in the tank. And Joe, I think you're absolutely right, but he's been fighting absolute animals. Whereas Nick Diaz is fighting no one. So it's, you've you got to, you've got to look at both sides of that and think Lawler's probably a little bit more fight ready, isn't he? So if this does go a little bit late, obviously the Diaz is, you'll say, yeah, they do a lot of triathlons. They'll be going to the third and the fourth and the fifth, which, I don't particularly buy into um, it's different than having a bloody triathlon in a fight. But I haven't said that, Joseph. I said that about Nate and Leon, didn't I? And then he cracked him in the last minute of the fight. So I don't know, don't know which way I'm going with this, but I'm, I'm going to jump on the hype train and go and Nick. <laughs> after all of that. After all that, said. yeah. After all that as well. Yeah. I think, to be fair, um, Lawler is the safe-ist money that you could probably find here because he has been fighting. He has been losing, but he has been fighting. And I think with Nick Diaz, if it was a couple of years, three, four years even maybe out of the sport, and he'd had a couple of wins, a couple of losses before that, I'd be tempted to maybe lean towards him, but it's uh, it's a lot more than four years out of it. So, tough one, really. Probably, yeah, like I say, safe money, Lawler. But I'm not fussed, really. I'm not fussed. But it would be a shame to see Lawler lose this one as well. You mentioned he's been on... Uh, I think it's lost four in a row, all against monsters. To lose this one against Nick Diaz, you know, it might not be looked at in the same category, and it might start asking different questions about Lawler if he were to lose it. So maybe, maybe be a shame on that front. Yeah, I, I do agree, but I think I think Lawler's at a career, um, a point in his career now, where he's got so much money in the bank, like with the fans, not actual money, but I mean with the fans <laughs> and yeah, his yeah. legacy and stuff like that. That losing. X amount on the bounce. This stage of your career, it doesn't really matter. Look at Anderson Silva. No one looks at his career in any sort of, with any different eyes 
because he lost his last four or whatever in the UFC and they look at the glory years and they'll do that with Lawler. So I don't think they'll look too much into that, but it wouldn't look good, when, particularly when you throw the Askren one in there as well. They'll think Kai towered off towards the end of his career, didn't they? But I, I, just, I, I really don't know. It's, it's really impossible to make a call in it, Joseph. But would you like to know the odds? Because this is very interesting, I think. If you could even just hazard a guess. Well, like I say, I do think Lawler would be the safest bet because he's, he's been fighting. Yeah, I don't know. No, go on. Reveal. Uh, they can't split them. It's 10 to 11, Nick Diaz, 5 to 6, Robbie Lawler, which I thought was pretty interesting. And it just goes to show that this lack of footage we see of Diaz and there's so many questions going in that bookies are maybe a little bit scared to make his price too big or him too much of an underdog um, because what Nick Diaz might turn up of old and um, be like he was back in the day. So, yeah, very interesting. Some money to be made if you really fancy Robbie Lawler to... Because on paper, he should should win, shouldn't he, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, interesting. What an interesting fight, Joe. Five rounds. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's just a massively entertaining, even fight. Get loads of action out of it. And if Nick Diaz can get a win, he's right in there. And he'd be ranked. He'd be ranked. He'd be a ranked man. Probably top five. Probably gets a shot off this. Yeah, I mean, there's so many fights in there, isn't there, that, that, that Diaz could win. But I guess maybe maybe lean to towards favouring seeing that outcome just because of the the stories you can create. Probably a little bit more there than if Lawler were to win, but sticking with a welterweight division again, plenty going on. Like we say, Ian Gary, uh, the sort of up-and-coming standout welterweight, if you like, coming out of Cage Warriors. He's got his debut booked, and it's on the, the MSG card, which is more or less the biggest card of the year, isn't it? So, you know, it's clearly a lot of people are expecting some fireworks there. Yeah, do we do we know who he's fighting? I think it's I think I've actually heard of the fellow he's fighting. I forget the name, he escapes me, but I don't think they're giving him an easy one. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so I it's think gonna it's be like an interesting one. Rodriguez or something, isn't it? Something like that. <laughs> which which one? I don't know which one. Something Let's have a look, eh? Oh no, it's not. It's Jordan Williams. I don't think I could be further, <laughs> further from a Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, quality. Mad though, isn't it? Seven yeah. fights Ian Gary's had. Seven wins. Your eighth fight. Debut in the UFC. MSG card. It's your biggest pay-per-view of the year. Shit judging and refereeing and all that stuff in New York. Away you go. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat it. It just, it's just, it just shows you that they know you're... They want to invest in you when they put you on that card, particularly for your debut, Joe. Your debut, straight in there. What, what an experience for Ian Gary that's going to be. Man. I actually see him training with uh, Michael Chandler the other day. So he's obviously taking it extremely seriously. Not that he wouldn't, but he's taking it to the next level, shall we say. So obviously, I don't know what Jimmy's even at anymore. So maybe he's bouncing around some of the American ones and, and just soaking in all that knowledge. So I imagine he just puts on a show in front of however many at MSG makes a name for himself. And we see it the other day, Paddy Pimley always takes his one night to just make you a star. And hopefully Ian Gary can do that. Cause he's got all the tools and he's, he's got, he's got everything. He has. And, and to be fair, Jordan Rodriguez Williams, he, uh, he's lost his last two and Mickey Gore was the last one. He got RNC in the first round. So potentially, potentially we're going to see a, a nice coming out party for, uh, for young Ian Gary. That's the plan in it. They, they put him on here for a reason. It's 
it's the way it works, but it doesn't always work out the way the company oh, wants yeah, it. Oh, I know. That, you can't it's write a sport it. That, that doesn't, or uh, the MMA gods don't sort of play ball with a lot of the time. But hopefully, Ian Gary gets off to a winning start there, Joseph. So I, th- I think we should stick with the welterweights, actually. And obviously, we're talking about a bit of European interest there. The old Irishman, Ian Gary. Let's go to over to England. Leon Edwards, talk to me. Yeah, well, just in the last couple of days, I actually saw that the, the USC, I think, you know, via sources, they're looking to make Masvidal Edwards early 22, which to be fair, I was like, oh, that's a bit bit far away, isn't it? 20, like, early 2022. But I was happy that they was making this fight, really. Obviously, Edwards needs one more, doesn't he, for for a title shot? I think, I think most people would agree with that at this moment in time. I know you certainly do as well. So the Masvidal fight makes perfect sense. A big name coming off a, a loss or two, so potentially, you know, potentially a, a winnable fight there for Edwards. A grudge match. You obviously got the three piece and the soda, or the two piece. Well, it was the three piece, wasn't it? I think it was the, the one, two, three, and a little soda on the side. So, you know. Big news there. I was happy for him, but I think, uh, Edwards has come out since, and he said his his next fight is going to be a title shot, and he's not fighting someone who's coming off a loss, i.e. Masvidal, I, I, I guess, which is quite surprising, really, because I'm not I'm not sure why you would turn this one down. Like, I mean, who does he does he think he's? Do you, I don't know. Can you see? Could you see a, a situation where Leon Edwards gets the title shot next? Yeah, I can. Yeah. But I think it has to be Usman who wins against Covington. If Covington wins, that's the trilogy there. So he's obviously, he's done himself over if uh, that's what happens. He's cleaned the division out pretty much, is not he, Usman? So if he does win, I think I can see how Leon Edwards gets uh, slipped in there. But at the same time, if you're going to, the UFC want you to make the Masvidal fight and you're not playing ball, they might look elsewhere you know, to prove a point and to say, no, all right, then don't worry about it. We'll get someone else sort of thing. But I, I, I don't know. I'm not convinced. It's, I think he's doing it for the right reasons, having thought about it, because he's mentioned, any he, that Nate Diaz says, don't let these. Yeah. Don't let these motherfuckers tell you underpaid and all this rubbish and stuff like that. Not rubbish. It's probably true, but. He, he's sort of had a word in his ear, isn't he? I think he likes Leon Edwards. He gave him the chance to fight him, and uh, I think he's given him some advice saying, look, don't let them mug you off sort of thing. So I think he's a bit of that. Don't know if you agree, Joe. Maybe yeah, it's a bit of that. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, don't tell me I'm fighting Masvidal. And maybe he does want to fight Masvidal, but just wants them to up the ante a little bit money-wise. So maybe that's what he's playing at. And I don't know why, if he doesn't want to fight Masvidal, why he wouldn't? Why wouldn't you? He yeah. embarrassed him, didn't he, in London? He's He's been calling for it ever since. And then as soon as it gets made, he's kind of saying, no, nah, I don't want to fight you. I want to fight for the belt. I think it's just rubber stamps him as the, the next title, title challenger if he just goes in and cleans out Jorge Masvidal. He's a massive star. It makes him a massive star if he beats him. So I don't see there's any other sort of downside to fighting Masvidal. I mean, it's a great fight. Headlines. Oh, yeah. Disappointing, uh, yeah. isn't it, Joe? Sometimes he just can't really seem to get it right, it seems. But... If you do look a bit further into it, maybe that bit of bargaining is what's going on there. Maybe he wants a bit more money for it. So I don't know. I don't know. But that's the fight to make, isn't it? Perfect fight. I do think so. I do think so. And I, I just think it, it, it. You know, it's risky with the likes of of Nick Diaz around now. Mm-hmm. If he were to pick up a big win, 
that would be enticing to make a title shot straight away for for a lot of different reasons. And you know, I just I just think for for Leon Edwards coming off of that that fight against Nate Diaz, which he won quite comfortably, but nearly got knocked out late on, and that's all anyone really remembers. You know, getting a win over Masvidal, trying to you know, perhaps securing a finish this time, on what I would guess is going to be either a big pay per view card or it's going to be its own main event. It'd be a bit, it'd, it'd be a massive like show, wouldn't it, Masvidal Edwards, because of all the the trash talk and and the the blows that have been thrown already. So, you know, I think I think getting that win against Masvidal would make him undeniable, and I do think it's it's a favourable fight for him. Do you know what I mean? I think I think he'd go out there and win pretty easily. You know, it's never easy, but I do think he'd win quite comfortably against Masvidal. So I think I I think it's win win in a lot of ways, and I think he should go out there. Beat Masvidal, try and get a finish, and then call out Usman. And it'd be—I don't think anyone could say you don't deserve it, unless, of course, Covington wins, and then Usman will fight Covington again, like you say. So, but I think, yeah, I think that that is the fight to make. Yeah, I think Masvidal's just one of the, a handful of people who ain't got a belt, who's never really likely to have a belt that you beat and you become a mega star by doing so and or could headline a pay-per-view with. So you've got McGregor, Diaz, well, both Diaz is, and, and Masvidal. There's not many, is there? So I think he's got, to, he's got to grab that opportunity. It sounds like Masvidal's all over it as well. I do like Burnsy trolling in, in all the comments, though. You've got, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You've got to love it, ain't you? No, I do like Gilbert Burns, and uh, he's right there as well, yeah. to be fair. He's ranked above Edwards. It's obviously, he's, he's got beat already, hasn't he? That's the only thing. When, well, when you look at it, that is the fight to make, really. It won't happen because it's not really... It's not exciting enough, is it, on paper? It's not. Yeah. It's not, is it? And you kind of are in danger of losing a, another contender in, in Edwards because Burnsy's that good. And you can't really sell uh, Usman and Burnsy at uh, this juncture. So, yeah, it's difficult. But he's, he is making me laugh at a minute. He's he, he's going up in my estimations as a, as a character. I love him as a, as a fighter, but he's just jokes on social media. Didn't he call... Can you call him a brummy cunt or something? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Which, that, was, that was months ago. I think he's up the ante as well. So, yeah, he's he, he don't pull any punches, that boy. Someone else actually, he's been active on social media lately. Paolo Costa, and uh, he's got, he's got his return lined up. So hopefully, no more wine from 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 now until October the twenty third, where he's fighting Marvin Vittori, middleweight division. Great fight, isn't it? Really, just two almost uh, identical fighters in, in a lot of ways, isn't it? I guess Marvin's always a little bit angrier than than most. So, great one, this and difficult to call, isn't it? Difficult to call. Be interesting to see what Costa's like now. Yeah, it's just just a couple of meatheads, isn't it? It is. Going at it. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of, <laughs> it's what it's going to be. It's just going to someone's going to get knocked out here, I think. But like you say, who knows what Costa's going to be like? He looked like an animal before. Is he, is he sort of done him over? Exactly. And he never showed up there. Deserved his title shot by a million miles, didn't he, Paolo Costa? And then, yeah, didn't show up. Yeah, I mean, has he been getting on the wine a bit too much? <laughs> like you say, Joe, he does have to give it up. It's a long time to give it up, though, a month if he has packed yeah. in. But I think he can do it, the boy. He can do it. Like Marvin is just jokes as well. There's so many characters knocking about now who are just emerging in it. So it's nice to see. And I think the build-up to this one will be quite quite entertaining because Costa's he's equally as cutting with, with his barbs. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, this should be a good one. Is this a, a five-rounder, Joseph? 
Are we going to see Costa Gas late on? Oh, or not, is this a three-rounder? Yeah, not sure, actually. I'm not sure. Do you think... I guess, yeah, if it's five rounds, you, you heavily lean towards Vittori, wouldn't you? I think so. Yeah, he, he's not very particularly technical with his striking and stuff, but he certainly gets in your face and can rough you up for a long time. He doesn't mm. really seem to get tired. Even in the Izzy one, he was still going at the end, wasn't he? So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Costa, if someone's going to gas, it's going to be all that all that chiselled muscle in it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this would be like this would be a great little sort of trilogy that you could see happening over the next however many years in the middleweight division because you'd imagine they're both going to stick around in the top five, top ten for the next little while. Whoever whoever loses this will probably be straight back there after a couple of wins. So it, it'd be an interesting kind of uh, like uh, saga to get this one going. So hopefully, you know, you get a finish this weekend. Or maybe not even a finish, maybe just a, a split decision, an all-out war split decision. And then you just set off a couple of, like a rematch, two free fights of this one. I'd, I'd I'd pay to watch it all day. Well, you, you make a good point because like neither are fighting for the title. Vittori's just lost. Costa's just lost. They both kind of lost to the champion. They were at least two removed, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but it looks like obviously Whitaker's fighting for the title and Brunson's next in line. You've got Cannoneer. So, yeah, these are a bit behind there. So, yeah, just let them fight three times on the bounce. See what happens. <laughs> so... We might as well get this one out of the way. That's that's probably putting it down a little bit, but UFC 266, like I say, depending on when you are listening to this, perhaps something unimaginable has happened here. But Valentina Shevchenko up against Lauren Murphy. I don't think you're expecting anything too out of the, out of the ordinary here, apart from perhaps a quite striking finish from Valentina. Yeah, nothing... Nothing more to see here, no, I think, no. <laughs> Joseph, unfortunately. You've, we said it before, I think it's just a, a huge achievement that Laura Murphy's actually made this far to get a title shot. Um, unbelievable. She probably didn't see, that, see this happening when she set out in her career, really. I think she started quite late. And to, to make it to a title shot, to have that opportunity where, like we said, anything can happen. Anything can happen in this in this sport. If there's a sport crazy enough for it, it's this one. And um, if it can happen, fuck me, that's the biggest upset ever in the history of the sport, if you ask me, because I don't think anyone in the world is picking Laura Murphy to win this one. But what a fantastic achievement to get her in the first place. She's gone the hard way as well. She's beaten some really good ranked girls there as well. And if she gets it done, man, fuck me, I'll, I'll tip my hat to her because that would be one huge achievement, Joseph. I just can't see it. Shevchenko's on a different planet. And I, I just want to see her call out and Nunes for that third one, try and jump up after this. Would you reckon? Yeah, no, got to agree. Have, have you got odds there for Lauren Murphy? Yeah, I just, I had them there, but I went off the page to find out who this Rodriguez guy was. <laughs> so, give us a sec, and I'll be right there for you. Jonathan Pierce on the card this weekend. Yeah, still going. Multitasking. Okay. <laughs> Right. All the way down there. Go on the, then. The thing is with those these fights, uh, particularly, I don't know if it's particularly in MMA, I pay more attention to MMA odds. But even in a fight like this where no one thinks Lauren Murphy's going to win, they're not giving you outrageous odds most of the time. So it's probably like 8-1 to one max. 13-2. So that's what, 6.5? Yeah. Six and a half, twelve to one on Shevchenko. I mean, it's not great, is it? Really, like if you were thinking, I put fifty quid down, it's not really gonna 
entice you, is it? Well, I suppose you'd have to do Laura Murphy to get finished because she's not going to like dominate her for 25 minutes, is she? <laughs> so you, you might as well try and up the odds a little bit by oh, seeing how she can get finished. But yeah, them odds sale, it's 12 to so, I mean, You look at the Diaz and Lauder one where it's split down the middle and this one's 12 to 1 on it, just shows you, doesn't it? But it's just another chance to, to just showcase the bullet, isn't it? That's what it's about. A it massive is. card. And she's slowly becoming just one of these must-see attractions, isn't she? No, she is. She is. And, and something else that is a must-see attraction coming on December the 11th, also in the flyweight division, but on the men's side, the, the trilogy. Again, this is the trilogy of the USC at the moment, really. Brandon Moreno up against D-Fig. D-Fig coming back, looking to claim his title. Not really at the races in, in the rematch last time out. Are you looking at it and you're thinking D-Fig didn't, didn't take him seriously enough? Uh, was it too soon after? Was the game plan, you know, just go out there, it'll be pretty easy. Look to knock him out, look to get a finish. On the other hand, Brandon Moreno, obviously on a roll, and he's he's like the Charles Oliveira. He's got the Charles Oliveiras about him. He might have, <laughs> who, who won it first? He might even be the original Charles, isn't he? Um, wasn't the same night, was it? Could have been. Could have been. Yeah, could have been. It was on on them recent pay per views. Yeah, oh, I don't know, Joe. That's a question. That's a question. <laughs> Let me have a look. I need to know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him quite in the, the Charles Oliveira's about him in that he's a journeyman who's true. Yeah, true. So, but I get what you're saying. Let's have a look. Nah, about the same night. But anyway. Yeah. Well, fair play. Fair play. Yeah. Fa- thanks for checking. Anyway. <laughs> I I was a bit um, shocked they made this, Joe. I I, didn't, I don't think they should have done it. If oh, I'm really? honest, I know it's going to be. A, yeah, if it's been two great fights, and I can see why they've done it, I do think it puts him in a little bit of a difficult position, though. Say D-Fig wins. You make number four, and just keep going forever. Yeah, I mean, that is a good I, point, I, to be fair. I would have liked to see the Pantoja fight first, but... <laughs> and D-Fig fights someone else. But I think D-Fig's his days are numbered at that weight class, in it. I think he wants that one back and then wants to shoot up to 135 as soon as possible. So I don't think he really wants to hang around and have a couple more fights there. But he could have sat out, I suppose. But I would have liked to have seen the Pantoja fight first. See, see him fight someone a little bit different. And then just build him as a champion because there's every chance that you could lose this fight. Because I say D-Fig did not look at the races at all. He could, could have had a well-off day and just turns up to be the animal of old again. And then just, just cleans through him. And then, and then what? So I think it's a difficult one, but you can't you can't plan the paths of these like the WWE can. You just got to let the best fight the best, I suppose. So it is good in that aspect, and and it's an ever burgeoning division, and it's and people want to see it for once. So yeah, a, a bit shocked it didn't happen. Would like to have seen the other fight, but I'm I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I I do see where you're coming from. I just think it's difficult not to make this one. I think particularly with that division, it is it is on fire a little bit, but you're still looking to build it up keep that momentum going I, I would think so for, uh, it does make sense obviously just looking at the rankings here Joey Benavidez uh, has retired since our last podcast as well so all the best to him yeah obviously shout out Joey B but did you clock I don't know if you clocked it actually because it weren't up for very long they had UFC's BT Instagram profile which is just chock full of 
errors and mistakes and oh, just really? like all the time. Yeah, and they did like a thank you Joey Benavidez post and stuff, but they had a picture of Miguel Torres who used to fight in uh, the WEC. Nice. So just a, a short black-haired guy, and they had the picture of the wrong bloke on there for Joey Benavidez. So lots of people going in hard on there, and myself included. And Brilliant. yeah, he got duly taken off, unfortunately. But yeah, shout out to PT Sport there, good as ever. But yeah, shout out Benavidez. That were one. Of, he, he always draws up a conversation in it. Who was the best fighter to never win a title? And he's he's always in there, isn't he? Yeah, 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 big time. It's, it is a shame. I mean, he had plenty of opportunities, didn't he? But, um, yeah, it's, it's funny about them ones because, you know, on any other kind of day, really, he would have been a champ. It just doesn't work out, doesn't it? It's just weird. It, it, it's, it's, it's something, it's not, like, no matter what you do, I guess Bisbing maybe, maybe proves it wrong. He's been like the, the the example of someone like a Benavidez Benavidez that that did win the title, isn't it? It's more or less the same story, really. You know, it's it's kind of like small small margins, the the the, the tiniest of margins that have meant Benavidez hasn't won a title. But you wonder whether that will be something that will eat at him forever. But it shouldn't really, because you know it's a career that you know a pioneer of the sport in lots of ways isn't it so yeah it's just interesting how, how it pans out in that way yeah it's, it's a tough one it must be to look back like that but sometimes when you look at the names that have beaten him for the belt you, you just cut it's like the dc and jones thing is that he'll probably eat away that he never beat jones but at the end of the day jones is just yeah too good elite he's just one of the best ever you can't it's not everything's a fairy tale, is it? Unfortunately, like Bisping, and with when he when you lose it to DJ twice and Dfig once officially for the belt, and I think he lost to Dominic Cruz as well for the bantamweight belt back in the day. So you're losing to like greatest of all time levels there. So while it must be hard to stomach, ah oh, fuck, I never won the belt, but main event numerous times, like you say, Joe, a pioneer of the sport. Um, he, he's. He, he's, he could keep his uh, chin held high there and, and he's got a, a cracking missus so what, what more do you want to say <laughs> yeah. yeah so shout out shout out to Joey B and uh, <laughs> sticking with shout outs our shout out of the fortnight this week does go to Anthony Smith picking up the stoppage win uh, submission win against Ryan Spann at the weekend just gone took a, lot, took a lot of stick during the week in the build up from Ryan Spann and after he got the win, he gave a little bit of stick back as well, Anthony Smith. So, fair play to the man. He was ranked number six in the division there. Picked up another win. Could well move him back into the top five. And I think, you know, there's an argument to say that Anthony Smith is still getting better. Even even at these tender ages, you know, he's, he is at a heavier weight. So, generally, you get a little bit more of a longer lifespan, don't you? So, shout out to Anthony Smith, the Lionheart. Good lad all round, I think. Yeah, everyone loves old Smudger, don't they? He's, he's a top geezer. He's he's got something about him. He's just, he's very articulate. He he says the right things all the time. Looks like an animal. Fights like an animal. And I like the new Smith. It seems like two point oh in it. He comes. He's coming in a bit meaner. And that little outburst after the fight was quality. Just demanding his respect and stuff, and screaming <laughs> yeah. at Ryan Span. And and Ryan Span gave it to him. And then he, he was like, "Thanks. All right. Thank you. That's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then um. Yeah, I think he called out Alexander Rakish, didn't he? Which, which is also interesting because he, he got 
kicked from pillar to post by Alexander Rakic last time. So it says a lot about Anthony Smith to want that one back and to get in there with an animal again like that. Because I think he knows that win over him and he's got another title shot. And as we know, like everywhere, it's just wide open, wide open as you like. So I would love to see Anthony Smith have another crack at it because he's just so likeable. But I, I had no idea how young he was. I think he's younger than me, Joe. I think he's younger than me. Is he really? I mean, his record is suggests that he's been around for it does, he has been yeah. around for years, but like it that he is pushing forty or something. But I think plenty left in the tank there. He's just got quite a suspect record on paper at first looking. It's quite a lot of losses on there. Yeah, but yeah. I think he was probably taking some fights he shouldn't have done. Yeah, I think a lot of those. shout out a week to Smudger. <laughs> All right, so we, I guess we've got a couple of couple of fights to look at. Really, we'll. We'll finish on Dan Hooker because he's had quite a week as well. Probably he was right up there, to be fair, in, t- in terms of shout-out of the week. But I guess that depends how his fight goes. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because honourable mention Dan Hooker. We'll get on to it in a second. But Bladesy, Jezzino, you're talking about someone someone there, Anthony Smith, who kind of, you know, not deserves a shot, but he's always he's there. He's there and thereabouts. Bladesy, Curtis Blades is another one of those. Jezzino is as well, to be fair, these days. He's made himself, you know, in a heavyweight division, you kind of get to a point, don't you, where you're like, right, you're a perennial UFC heavyweight for a good number of years. You're always going to be in and out of the title shot conversation. And both of these lads are in there, Curtis Blades, Jezzino, Rosenstrike. Interesting one. Again, for me, similar to like Diaz Lawler, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. You expect it to just come with a finish this one with these two lads, didn't you? Uh, I was about to offer some very, very pathetic insight there and say it was about striker versus grappler. But, uh, but <laughs> the it, class. But it is. But it is. The classic matchup. Um, <laughs> styles make fights. But yeah, that's what it is. It is. Can't say any more than that. It's the classic sort of chat. But Blazy, get him down and ground and pound is what you expect, isn't it, Joe? you got to expect that. But Jozinho, like, if he could keep it standing and we've seen Blazy be susceptible to to heavy hitters, so on the big occasion, and there's no bigger occasion than this main card, so yeah, I'm very excited, it could go either way, got a little soft spot for both of them, but I do do feel a bit sorry for Blazy because he seems to have all the tools, and just can never really get it over the line, so maybe edging towards old Blazy there. Yeah, I think the, the heavyweight division's in a little bit of a weird spot in the USC at the moment, I think you've got like sort of outside the top five and top six, you've got some real up and comers in there that I'm super excited about just watching fight. You've got Ab- Abdurakimov against Chris Dalkas on the same card this weekend. You've got Tom Aspinall, these sort of lads making their way up. And then the sort of top five to top like what two or one. For the moment, I'm, I'm not too fussed about, to be honest, because I want to see John Jones. I want to see John Jones against Steve A. Let's get gone. Uh, and Garnu out of the way, get that crack in as well. Winner of that, let's get them against John Jones. Let, you know, I just want to see all that kicking off. So, whilst I am looking forward to seeing this fight at the weekend, you know, I do think that the you know they need to get some things ironed out in the heavyweight division just to keep the momentum going. Because, like I say, that 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 you know, for example, Blades Rose and Strike, whoever wins doesn't really matter. You're not getting a title shot for like two years at the moment, realistically, are you? So. Yeah, you're the league, innit? You're the league. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on it at the moment. It's quite quite a rant, Joseph. But <laughs> I think you're spot on. You're spot on. They need, they don't fight, do they? These boys. Garn's probably the only one who's really sort of been active. Yeah. So 
these these lads need to get a cracking in, in there, man. It's just, it is annoying. It is annoying seeing one title fight per year. So, yeah, man, let's get it on with them. Come on. Where's Stipe at, man? Oh, mate, I was I was talking to my boss about it the other day. Like, Stipe needs, needs a fight, doesn't he? Like, what, what, what is, what? he could fight anyone, really. He could have had any, any sort of number of fights. And then it's like, okay. Now you haven't got to worry about trying to sell an Ngannou fight, for example, because he's gone away and got a win and knocked someone out, for example. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think to be fair, Steve is maybe another one, uh, and you know, quite rightly so. I, I would always encourage it. Who's like you mentioned earlier, is a little bit like you know, I know my worth. I'm not going to be mugged off and, and and mugged about. I'm the most successful UFC heavyweight ever, the most offences ever. You know, when you're ready to pay me. I'll come back. It's just difficult at the moment when you've got Francis gone and John Jones in the mix, I guess, because they could say to Stipe, potentially, uh, you know, fair enough, we might go down a different route, I guess. Yeah, but Garn's the only one who wants to fight, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? But, anyway, yeah, Dalkus, your boy on there. Looking forward to seeing him, to be honest. So, summer keen interest on the prelims. Also on the prelims, Joseph, Marlon Marais, Marab. That's an interesting one. Marab needs to deliver. So good one. Marais on a bit of a bit of a dip at the minutes. But I'm looking forward to seeing Marab put on a show. Most likely just gets a decision, which is classic. Um, yeah, I think he needs Brandon, to finish there, really. Dan Hooker on that prelims? Just on Marab, I think he needs to finish there, don't, don't you think? Yeah, he will. He, he's got too many decisions. There's too many big names and too many finishers and exciting fighters in that division. He needs to make a lay down a marker in it because... Yeah. Yeah, no, no one's going to care otherwise, as, as bad as that sounds. But, yeah, he needs to get a big, big finish against uh, a big name, Marais. Yeah, uh, on Dan Hooker, close it out with this. Have you seen the week that he's had? I actually haven't, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. oh, fair enough. Hey, that's um, why I was, trying, I was, I was uh, pushing it. I want, it, I want to know. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, I think I think travel's a bit of a pain for plenty of people at the moment, isn't it? So... Um... He essentially didn't have a visa and wasn't allowed in America. It's uh, it's Monday the moment, twentieth, the week of the fight week, and I think until like yesterday or the day before he didn't have a visa. Uh, and so I think he's flying out on Thursday, weighing in on Friday, fighting on Saturday, and that, that's that's the schedule, that's the preparation that Danuk has got up against uh, Hack Perest, two fight, two fight win streak, Hack Perest, a lot of potential, so. It's actually a fantastic fight. I'd, I'd fancy Dan Hooker to win. I like Heck Perez, but I kind of hope Dan Hooker wins just because of everything he's he gives to the sport and continues to do so. I think he's one of those ones where you look at, no matter where his career really goes, even if he doesn't win a belt, Dan Hooker, you can see, is going to go down in the Hall of Fame himself. I think that's probably fair to say. So, yeah, just a crazy week. And if you think about a big fight for the man, needs a win, Hooker, against this level of opponent. And you've got all this stress in the build-up. Thursday, you're flying out halfway across the world. It's difficult to get anywhere, isn't it, from New Zealand, Australia. Friday, you're weighing in, which again, probably a nightmare. And then Saturday, you're fighting. Shades of old uh, Till. Just chilling in the old consulate, wasn't it? In New York. Weren't getting a visa. So You'd think they'd have this sorted, wouldn't they? However many billion dollar company, get them sorted there, get in there quicker. I don't know. I think, you, I, think, I, I think to be fair, you'd probably like the UFC to step in and say, all right, geez, we'll handle this. Like, don't worry about it. I'm sure the UFC have got many more resources than 
like Dan Hooker probably like he's probably be like the most the rest of us trying to contact the US Embassy or something like how long are you gonna got to sit on hold for that? Ah, oh, long time, son, long time. But that, that's a that's a fantastic fight, isn't it? That prelim, them prelims are cracking. Absolutely that's class. Good card this this weekend, and um, don't know how you feel about the little run that the USC has been on lately. We have been having some good pay per views when they come around, and I think we've got one in a couple of months. It's like back to back pay per views, and they're all stellar. To be to be fair, it's not a criticism, but some of the uh, some of the cards you've been throwing, we've been thrown. In, in the last couple of weeks obviously you've had no card then you've had what might come across like a bit of a hastily together put together card just uh, I don't know when you compare it to perhaps the end of last year after that Covid period they were really rocking weren't they with a consecutive cards that were putting on fantastic fights just been a bit of a, a contrast in the last few weeks yeah I think maybe they're trying to just pack the live crowd ones with names aren't they and before they couldn't really do that, and now yeah. they can sort of just hold them back for a month, bung them all on there, hold them back a month, bung them all on there, and every month bang them out, all these big names and stuff. But I do, I do get you mean. I, I'm very tempted quite easily to just miss cards altogether at the minute. As as bad as that sounds, I shouldn't. But <laughs> I'm my own man. I'll do what I want. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Free country. If I don't yeah. want to watch Rodriguez versus Williams, exactly. I won't watch Rodriguez <laughs> versus Williams, right? We yeah. haven't spoke about the main event, Joseph. I think you've forgotten about it. We didn't, we didn't speak about it the other week. We've not even mentioned it, have we? No. Who is it? <laughs> Volkanovski and Ro- uh, Rodriguez. <laughs> Brian Rodriguez or Tiger Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's a great fight, isn't it? No, it is, to be fair. Ortega's uh, like, just a very exciting prospect now, isn't he? You're looking at his return in his last fight. I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how up for it, up for it we were, but like it's, uh, yeah, it's just mad, isn't it? The, the striking performance he put on last time against the striker for the most part in Korean Zombies. So Brian Ortega, you would think because he had a, what did he have two years off? I think it was about that in between those two fights, and it's it must be getting on close to two years again now. So you could only kind of a. Uh, Imagine the the improvements he might have made in another two years. So I do think it is quite interesting. Obviously Volkanovski, I, I do think he's the best in the division. I don't think he's quite. I don't think he's a standout. I don't think he's like an Anderson Silva back in the day. But I think he's the best. I think he, he's got the best approach in terms of game plan and just quite quite a sensible approach. And he's got he's got all the skills as well, particularly the the cardio, the pressure, and that type of thing. So in a way, I guess you could probably say that might be a little bit of a. Uh, uh, sort of a anti-venom, if you like, got to, to Ortega his style. But Ortega isn't a striker, is he? Deep down, he's, he's a grappler, and he's he can take your he can take your neck off at any moment. So difficult one, difficult one. I think on the balance on the balance of it, on, on the sort of uh, the work workload so far, you probably I would favour Volkanovski, but difficult to deny anything from Ortega Rodriguez based on. The last fight he had. I'm, I'm not sold on Ortega. I might have forgotten about this. <laughs> I think it's been so long since the Korean Zombie fight. I'm not sold on him. I'm no. not sold on him. No, that no, no, was a, no. a one-off. Not a one-off, but I think uh, Zombie was coming off a bit of a layoff himself, wasn't he? And yeah. he just come back and he thought, oh, I'm going to outstrike him. And just didn't really have a plan B, did he? And I think Ortega, oh, he looked great. He did really, really look good. And it didn't even need to go to the ground. The only way I can see him winning this this weekend is that Volkanovski takes him down and he wraps his legs around his head and, and taps him out with a quick submission. I can't really see him 
doing what he did as a zombie to Volkanovski. You look at Volkanovski, man. How good is Max? And Volkanovski, whether you thought he won or not, either yeah. of those fights, he definitely at least won the first one, I think. So, and he's he's just very very underrated in all aspects in him. He's just so good, uh, and he's a geezer. So I'm gonna go with Volkanovski here. I think he's going to beat Brian Williams and I think he's going to get another defence under his belt. Yeah. Belt yeah. under his belt. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think you make a good point there. But Volkanovski will put up a much sterner test than Korean Zombie. Particularly Korean Zombie on that night. You know, he's got it in his locker. But yeah. yeah it's obviously been a long time since Volkanovski fought as well, isn't it? And they've done... Uh, tough, aren't they? Which I've seen very little of. I know a couple of the lads fought on a card a couple of weeks ago on, on the UFC. I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen any of Tough yet. If I get a chance and it's on and I, I stumble across it, I'll watch it. It's, I haven't got anything against it. It's just, it's not it's not, it's not in my plans. But um, yeah, I don't know if there's been any aggro between the two lads. Uh, they're not... I mean, Volkanovski's a, a wind-up, isn't he? I don't think Ortega's going to... I think it's been a bit of dry banter. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just so old hat now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I guess I mean, if they had been at each other's throats, maybe that had had a, a different dimension. You'd be thinking who can who can keep their head. But I'd imagine there's there's no real extra spice in it. I think one's like a surfer dude and the other one's a surfer dude. So I don't think any of them yeah. are going to be too leery. They're just a bit chilled out, and they? So I don't think there's been much of that going on. But the fight itself, it's very, very intriguing. And if Ortega can add some strings to his bow like he did last time he turned up, it could be very interesting. But you've got to go on, on their body of work. And I think Volkanovski is, is uh, a larger body. So we'll go with that, eh? No, I think you're right. I think you're right. And then maybe you give uh, Max Holloway another title shot. I mean, Definitely. Pro- pro- probably deserves it, doesn't he? Give it Maxi boy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, then. Well, I think we can wrap that one there unless I've, I've missed anything else that's quite massive. No, nah, no, nah, you've just the one, son. Yeah, just the one. <laughs> All right, nice one. Well, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, like I said, I hope you join the fights, or uh, if you are listening to this after, and uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, how wrong we we may or may not be on some of the, the fights we've just gone through. But we are Mustard MMA. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at the Mustard MMA. Like I say, shout out Norton MMA, shout out Inside the Cage MMA as well. We were also on their podcast last week. We've had a busy couple of weeks, so check them out on Instagram, Inside the Cage MMA. Check us out at mustardmma.com. Uh, I think that's everything, Matthew. Give us a like on all the podcast uh, subscribers. We're, we're everywhere at the moment as well. So uh, I think that's us. Good job, guys. See you later. Laters. <laughs>